Hello, I'm Eric Olson with SmartPot, the original fabric growing container, and welcome back to The Growing Revolution. Our guest this week, Melvin Robinson, is the executive director of the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association, and he's here to speak with us about what's going on in one of the most recent states to approve the medical use of cannabis. So without further ado, Melvin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Eric. Yeah. So can you tell us about yourself and your background prior to starting uh, the Trade Association? Uh, yeah, of course. My name is uh, Melvin Robinson. Uh, I am the executive director of the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association. Uh, we were founded in November 2020. And uh, what we do at the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association, uh, we unite the legal cannabis industry and we curate a legitimate and robust industry uh, along with education, along with advocacy, and along with uh, building community. So uh, I worked in uh, content creation and communications for about the past 13 years and uh, worked in all you know sectors, public sector, private sector, uh, small businesses, corporations, nonprofits, everything you can really think of. And uh, when I found out about uh, medical cannabis uh, being on the ballot of the 2020 election here, I thought that it would be uh, very important that we had someone here to make sure things run smoothly. Um, you know, if you don't know that much about Mississippi, you know, people already assume certain things. And yeah, so you, you kind of combat that whole, you know, image of Mississippi. So we wanted to make sure that the program would be uh, very robust and would come out being something where patients can access very high quality product and businesses can make money. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, especially here, like to kind of uh, shy away from the economic aspects of it. But I mean, the numbers are just there. You know, uh, we have some projections that by 2025, this will be a $800 million program. Uh, Mississippi is known for its uh, lack of economic development and uh, economy here. Um, and yeah, we really think this can be a cash crop in an agricultural state and that this could really cause an economic boom throughout the entire state. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you know, fewer people going to jail for, you know, cannabis use and possession is always good uh, for any economy. I don't care, you know. Uh, so what were Mississippi's cannabis laws like prior to 2020? Prior to 2020, um, they were very strict. Uh, there has always been the story about a gentleman who lived in Oregon. Uh, he had a, um, he actually had a medical card out of Oregon and everything. Came to Mississippi, had product on him, and actually ended up getting sentenced to eight years in prison here. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, very harsh um, drug laws here, including uh, cannabis. Uh, recently in 2014, the state capital, Jackson, they actually uh, decriminalized uh, cannabis possession up to an ounce. So if you had an ounce, you know, they were either just say, hey, you know, get out of here, throw it away or something like that. But you wouldn't, you know, get a charge or anything like that. So there was some progression being made in the state. Jackson uh, being the capital, the population center, uh, the most populous area in the state. Um where government, you know, is actually here and everything. So you had a lot of progress there, but in, you know, out, outside of there, you had a lot of areas where you still have people, 
you know, serving very long sentences for marijuana or well, for cannabis charges and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, uh, we, we definitely have made sure that we're we're stepping into the social uh, equity part of that and the social social justice part of that, especially where you have, you know, this industry, again, that's going to be eight hundred million dollars by 2025, where you, you still have people in prison for possession or you know selling yeah hopefully that gets all rectified um now is there going to be um uh basically areas outside of jackson that are going to say like no we don't want any cannabis cultivation or distribution or how is that going to play out in mississippi because in california there still are municipalities that are like no dispensaries you know, you would think there would be one on, you know, in every city, but it, it really varies. So how's that playing out? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I tell people that, you know. Um, so with the Mississippi Medical Cannabis Act that was signed in the law in Feb- on February the 2nd, 2022, it allowed an opt-out calls. So by May the 3rd, uh, cities or mun- municipalities or counties that didn't want to participate in the program could opt out of the program. A lot of people assume that, you know, cities had to either opt in or opt out because it was state law. Cities were automatically opted in. So it wasn't a it wasn't a choice of opting in or opting out. It was just a choice of opting out. Uh, We suspected all of our dry counties to opt out our dry areas. That's where, you know, you don't have alcohol sales or anything. And they did. uh, A majority of them did. Uh, But what's really unique about what's happening in Jackson is. Jackson is, uh, as I mentioned, the population center, and you have all these bedroom communities around Jackson, like Flowood, uh, Madison, uh, Clinton, all these places. And a majority of these places actually opted out. So you have Jackson, that's the population center, and every single bedroom community around around Jackson, except for places like Pearl, uh, a place called Richland, which is right outside of uh, Jackson as well. Uh, those are the only ones that stayed in, but every other place, and we're talking about the metro area, which is over, you know, 500,000 people, they all opted out. So right now, Jackson is kind of in this cannabis island where they're the only ones that's offering, you know, product, uh, offering cultivation facility uh, to have their businesses there, uh, this kind of thing. So it's really an advantage, you know, for the city. But I really do wish more areas, and I suspect more areas, would opt back in eventually once they see the economic growth, once they see the benefit that uh, it is uh, helping patients with, uh, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just kind of think of like a state like Oklahoma, you know, as as a a bellwether of how – you know, a deep red conservative state can, you know, open it up to cannabis and, you know, really hit it out of the park. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully the other communities in Mississippi see, you know, that the sky doesn't fall over Jackson and uh, they, they, they change their mind and, and I'll, that's great. Um, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to, you know, talk about that a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Um, deep red here. But you got to remember, you know, uh, people like cannabis. That just is what it is. Uh, When you look at the numbers, a lot of people talk about Initiative 65 and how many people voted for 65. Initiative 65, it was over 74 percent of the vote. But what happened was the legislature uh, added an amendment, uh, an initiative amendment to that called Initiative 65A. 
where it wouldn't have given you any kind of start date. It had no information. It was basically saying, hey, please believe us. We will have a program. Just give us time. So that failed, of course. But the first question on the actual ballot was, would you like, would you allow medical cannabis to be legal in Mississippi? And that question actually had over 800,000 votes. So only 1.3 million people voted in the uh, Mississippi uh, presidential election of 2020, and over 800,000 voted for medical cannabis. So you had that very strong number. You know, the medical cannabis vote here in Mississippi was actually more popular than Donald Trump. So, yeah, those kind of numbers, kind you know, you have some places where counties, you had 87 percent of the vote voting yes for it. So you have all these numbers and everything and people support it. People want it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think cannabis is, you know, one thing that, you know, conservative, liberal, libertarian, you know, across the board, every, everybody can benefit uh, from cannabis. So um, especially when you consider other medical uh, options. So, um could you explain your organization? Who are your members and what are the benefits to being a member? Yeah. So our organization, uh, we act as a chamber of commerce here with uh, cannabis. Uh, right now, we represent about 22 licenses. Uh, that number is growing every week as more people enter into the program. And we just don't have plant touching businesses. We have a lot of different ancillary businesses, all with member discounts. Um, and we make sure that people uh, get really good information. We make sure people understand what the program actually is. And we want to tear down these barriers to entry that a lot of people would face in other states. So uh, with the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association, uh, we do a lot of advocacy work. I've worked alongside uh, state representatives, uh, state leadership, uh, local leadership in different areas, making sure that they understand the program, understand the do's and don'ts. Uh, what's actually going on with things. Uh, Educational-wise, uh, we, we try to quell the reefer madness that goes on here. You know, um, when when Initiative 65 was proposed, you had a lot of people going on to, like, conservative radio telling people an ounce of pot is as big as a loaf of bread. And, you know, you had uh, other state leaders here saying that uh, there would be a, a billions of joints on the streets if we allow this program if to only. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you know. If, and, <laughs> and that's why I tell people, like, if only. Like, believe me, people will be ecstatic if an ounce was as large as a, uh, as a loaf of bread. But, uh, yeah, so we educate. Uh, we do a lot of infographics. We do a lot of uh, programming and a lot of different events talking about cannabis in a very serious manner, in a very matter-of-fact manner, and uh, we really think that has helped uh, quell some of the reefer madness here. Like I was mentioning that, you would get flyers from uh, housing organizations saying, do you want a pot shop on every corner of your city and things like that, where now uh, when the MMCA was actually being presented on the legislative floor, you had a senator bring an ounce of hemp and say, hey, this is an ounce. It's not as big as a loaf of bread. This is what this does. Uh, this is the benefits of cannabis. Uh, here is, you know, like you mentioned before, uh, the sky is not going to open up and the ground isn't going to open up and we're going to get pulled down and it's not happening, you know. So uh, we, we, we changed a lot of that. 
Um, also, with community building, we have a lot of different uh, social events. Uh, recently, we partnered with uh, Weed Maps and Lucky Leaf Expo, and we hosted a social mixer from the first day of their uh, expo here. Had over 500 people. Uh, we make sure people can sit down and rub elbows and get to know each other in the industry here, especially since it's a state industry. So you'll be dealing with a lot of the same people. We also, uh, in May of this year, we had a licensing boot camp. So we took some of our business members that are lawyers that have been working on applications, working here. We had a really great consultant named Terry Buffalo that came and people could come. We had about 120 people come to the Jackson Convention Center. They sat down, went over the program and had about an hour and 30 minute, two hour Q&A. You could ask them anything, the lawyers and the consultant, anything that you wanted to. And it was absolutely free. Uh, no event we have had so far, you have had to pay anything. Oh, wow. The only thing we have is, yeah, the only thing we have is membership dues, uh, you know, just yearly membership dues. But right now, if you have come to an MSCTA event in Mississippi, uh, you have either uh, learned uh, really good info or uh, had drinks on us. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. N nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, oh, yeah. as far as the uh, Mississippi cannabis law, can Mississippi residents grow their own medicine, or who's going to be doing the growing here? So, the growing is only allowed for cultivators. Uh, we don't have a home grow provision in our uh, program right now. And, you know, I always tell people, I understand I am the executive director of a trade association. I basically work for the businesses here, but I 100% believe that we should have homegrown here. Um, I am 100% behind it, and we should, um, especially with some of the more rural areas we have here. Um, transportation could be an issue. You know, not that many people are going to put a dispensary in a town of 200 people. So instead of driving 45 minutes for that, uh, someone here could grow their own plants, you know, uh, five or six plants. They could have them on hand. And that's not going to really hurt any businesses here because the amount of people you're going to have home growing will not compare to the amount of people you'll have that's actually going to purchase from the dispensary. Yeah. So uh, we have been working on that for sure uh, to get that into the next version of the bill. Uh, we, we've we've uh, been steadfast in making sure we have really robust patient access but home grow is very important. And I talk to people all the time that tell me, you know, um, that they are basically uh, medical refugees in a way because they go to these other states like Colorado, um, New Mexico, where they have these different kind of rules and they can have a better quality of life. And they've come back to Mississippi saying, hey, I'm glad Mississippi has this program. I hear, I'm here to help. But we want to make sure people who use these for medicinal purposes has access to everything that they would need. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I guess uh, I always say something is better than nothing. And, you know, uh, hats off to Mississippi for getting something in place. You know, as as somebody who grew up in Wisconsin, you know, where there still is no, you know, medical or recreational cannabis, you know, we grew up thinking like, oh, you know, Wisconsin will get it done before like a state like, Utah or Mississippi and, you know, shame on Wisconsin for not getting it done. And Mississippi and Utah figured it out. You know, um, they are not as progressive as they claim to be. But anyways, um, so uh, are they going to be growing it indoors or outdoors? These uh, commercial cultivators, is it going to be a mix? Do you think? How do you think that's going to go down? 
yeah, so right now uh, there are uh, basically indoor uh, growing right now, like um, indoor cultivation facilities, uh, Dutch-style sunrooms, those kind of things right now. Uh, that is what they're growing in. And right now we have about 15 cultivators. Uh, we have two tiers. We have a micro cultivator tier, which is anything, uh, it's two tiers, but the max is 2,000 square feet of canopy space for mature plants. So anything below 2,000 feet of canopy, square feet of canopy space for mature plants would be a micro cultivator. After that, you have a cultivator tier one to through tier six. Tier one starts at that 2,001 square feet. Tier six goes all the way up to, excuse me, uh, 100,000 square feet plus. And uh, we have a few of those uh, tier six cultivators that will be here. Uh, we have about 15 cultivators so far, uh, tier one through tier six. And they're already growing? Uh, some are. Yes, okay. yes some are. Uh, some have been growing since they have received their licenses, their provisional licenses. And uh, we also have uh, some micro cultivators. Right now we have about 15. And uh, we really expect that number to grow as well. Um, we are working on a couple of things to bring to, uh, two micro cultivators. Uh, we definitely love our small businesses and a majority of the businesses here will be small businesses and there's space for everyone. Um, you know, right now we're projected to have about 120,000 patients the first two years. Uh, I believe that number will we'll get there. Uh, once a lot of people, um, understand that the program is going on, uh, Mississippi is a real big, uh, wait and see. I want to uh, actually see someone walk into a dispensary, come out, you know, the police don't swoop down on them. And, you know, once people actually see that and the word spread, um, I think those patient numbers will go up very high. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we, we're, we're on good track right now with our patient numbers. We definitely need more. We definitely need more um, conditions on the uh, the condition list that we have right, right. Now. are our dispensary sales going on right now uh no no dispensary sales are going on right now right now it looks like we're going to have products sometime in november uh i'm actually uh going to a dispensary that's having an open house this saturday uh this is in october the 22nd but yeah uh, sorry for giving that date <laughs> but yeah i'm going there uh to give a lot of uh information that we have uh, they're doing an open house where people can actually come in, see what a dispensary looks like, experience it. And that's a lot of it. Just making sure people understand like, hey, this is just a thing. This is just a business. Uh, this is like going to the bank. This is like going to the grocery store. This is like going to the gym. This is like going to get gas. It's just a business that people have here and something that's going to really help the state. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, once they walk in and see that it's more like, you know, most dispensaries these days are, look more like an Apple store versus, yeah. you know, a, a bodega type uh, shady spot. So, um, so how would you say the state fees and assessments are, in your opinion? Are they fair? Are they too high? You know, what, what what's that looking like? Um, in some areas, we could definitely work on. But right now, we have the second lowest barrier to entry as far as cost to participate in the program. Nice. Uh, if you wanted to small, start the smallest micro cultivator uh, tier, it would be $3,500 for the first year. Uh, then after that, you will pay your licensing fee, but the first year is an application and a licensing fee. So um, we, we definitely have some advantages here 
as far as the pricing goes. Um, dispensaries can be a little bit too much right now. Uh, first year it'll be forty thousand dollars, but they're still n- not compared to anywhere else that you would go. Uh, one other thing uh, we tell a lot of people is we have unlimited licensing right now, so we don't have any licensing caps. So if you wanted to come and start a business, you didn't have to compete with you know. Oh, we have 10 licenses this year, so we have to compete with these huge companies or this company. No, if you have your application together and you have your uh, fees together, you will get a license. Nice, nice. Um, So what would you change in the state's cannabis program? And, um, you know, given the overwhelming margin of approval for the medical program, is there any sense of a general adult use, you know, recreational law coming down the pipeline? Things I would change uh, a little bit more patient access. Uh, I mentioned transportation before. I would definitely like to see some kind of delivery service, especially if you're in somewhere like uh, I'm going to have a very uh, Mississippi moment with you right now. So there is a little community called Pantherburn that is uh, in the Delta. Uh, the Delta is one of the poorest areas in America. And Pantherburn is, no one's putting a dispensary in Pantherburn, but that doesn't mean the people of Pantherburn doesn't deserve, you know, cannabis or anything. So if we had a delivery system, someone from like Greenville, that's a, a, a bigger town that is near Pantherburn can actually go there you know, deliver it, those kind of things. Uh, curbside service, because you have a lot of people with mobility issues. So instead of, uh, you know, having to go into a dispensary, they could have it brought out to them or even drive-through services. Uh, a lot of dispensaries here are uh, buying old banks, of course, because you have uh, spaces for safes. And you also have the drive-through service where, you know, you could just, hey, what would you like? Boom, put in your tube, come out, and you go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are definitely things we would like to see. Uh, we also have a uh, out-of-town patient uh, provision where if you have a medical car and you live outside of the state, you can come to the state twice a year for 14 days and buy a product. I would change that to unlimited. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we're, we're beside Alabama. We're beside Louisiana. And Arkansas is on top of us. Uh, Tennessee is on top of us, and they don't have a program. Arkansas is very... Um, restrictive uh louisiana is extremely restrictive and alabama is more restrictive than that alabama doesn't even allow the sale of flour right whereas mississippi we allow all of it so um instead of you know shunning people or just giving them a limited amount of time we can actually give more people access to cannabis uh that they would like to use we have a lot of different uh border towns that are very popular right now like natchez mississippi uh like biloxi uh, like Meridian, and they're really popular as far as uh, cannabis goes. So uh, you could have people come from different states just to get their medicine and leave back out, and that helps the citizens, and that also helps uh, Mississippi bottom line. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, as far as adult use, I would say we're going to have adult use in, uh, honestly, talking to different people in the legislature, talking to different local leadership. I would say we would have adult use in less than three years. Uh, I, I believe this first uh, session we're going to do, our legislative session is uh, January through February. Uh, I think this first session, a lot of people want to see what the program does. Uh, we plan on uh, updating uh, them and having a lot of updated information so everybody can understand, you know, where we're looking at with patient numbers, 
um, health, as well as, you know, economics. And I definitely think uh, the legislative session of 2024, you will start to hear rumblings of adult use. And uh, if it doesn't pass in 2025, I do not see it not passing. Right on. Well, one one thing at a time, you know, baby steps, uh, you know, get oh, yeah. get the people acclimated to, to cannabis and, yeah, make, let them see that it's not uh, – not going to be a terrible thing. It's going to be a positive thing uh, for it's the community. It's going to be a positive thing. Um, nice. So that was that was basically uh, you know all the questions that I had, and you know I I feel like I learned a lot more about Mississippi's uh, medical cannabis program. How can uh, you know people get in touch with you? You know to learn more and you know join your trade organization, and then where could they find you on social media? So um, you can find me on social media at mail3 at M-S-C-T-A, uh, M-E-A-L, the number three, A-T, M-S-C-T-A. Uh, you can also email me at melvin at M-S-C-T-A.org. You can also visit our website, M-S-C-T-A.org, and you can find out uh, everything you need. Uh, we have a resources panel. Uh, the Department of Health and the Department of Revenue are the two entities that run the uh that run the program here. So we have all the information you would need from them right there in the resources panel. So you don't have to keep clicking between two uh, websites or anything. It's right there. Um, yeah, that's how you can get in contact with me. Uh, you can follow the MSCTA everywhere, MSCTA, S-S-O-C. Um, and yeah, just uh, I'm glad that you had me on today, Eric. Uh, I know uh, Mississippi has this kind of uh, image already, but I really believe that the MMCA is a really good program. I think it could definitely change things here. And I think if we open up a little bit more, Mississippi can uh, be the leader of cannabis in the South. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys are blazing the trail, you know, no pun intended. Well, I guess maybe <laughs> intended. Uh, and yeah, it, it, again, it was really great to uh, meet you and to get you on the program. So looking forward to, you know, hopefully maybe doing an update with you down the road uh, as things change and, and expand uh, in Mississippi. So on that note, thank you so much for your time today. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.